All right. I think we're rolling. We're ready to do this. Let's do it. How are the levels? They look okay. <laughs> do they sound okay? They sound... I think that's an important part. You I'm s- no audio engineer, but I hear <laughs> the audio levels are important. They are. Um, we sound angelic, I think. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to the All the Social Ladies podcast, season five. I know what you're thinking. This doesn't sound like Carrie Kirpin. And you're right. We aren't Carrie Kirpin. She is joining us later. We couldn't kick off the season without her, but we are here to announce that we are the new hosts of this podcast. I'm Jen Burgess. And I'm Michelle Greenbaum. And this is All the Social Ladies. All the Social Ladies! All the Social Ladies! All the Social Ladies! All the Social Ladies! Did you hear the cat? I guess this is a good time to tell our listeners that we live together. And share a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Whose first birthday is tomorrow? It's funny because when we were practicing the audio of this podcast, we made our friend Ian help us out (laughs) and learn how to record it. And for our test, all we did was talk about our cat. And here we are again, talking talking about about our cat. cat. (laughs) I'm not even a cat person. That's what's crazy is I never thought that this would be a topic I could converse on. Well, cats change people. And here we are. Here we are. With a podcast. Now we have a cat and a podcast. Who are we? You weren't a podcast person before this either. No. This is a big year for you, Jen. I'm going to ask the question again about the cat. (laughs) (laughs) no i think think we're good on the cat content but we didn't address how we know each other (laughs) okay jen tell them how we know each other well we met at likable media about five years ago where carrie kirpin is the co-founder and ceo i currently am the director of business development and i am the associate creative director we are so excited to be taking over the podcast from carrie this season And we are lucky enough to have her as the first guest on the show. So take a listen and make sure you stay tuned until the end of the episode because we're going to tell you a little bit more about what you can expect this season. Hello! I'm so happy to be on with you fabulous social ladies. (laughs) We are so happy to have you and be on this other side of the mic. What a journey this is, and what a thrill for me, you guys, to be able to pass the torch to women, help lift them up, and help give you guys a voice. I'm sick of my own voice. I'll, I'll be on your interview <laughs> today, but after that, I want lots of new women and, and your fresh, amazing voices. I cannot wait to follow and listen to this. Yay. Thank you so much for saying that. I mean, we're, we're super excited to be doing this, too. And I'm going to kind of get a big thing out of the way to start us off. I'm ready. So, I mean, we had planned this incredible Torch Pass episode and wanted episode one to be really, you know, just an awesome opportunity for us to talk to you and you to talk to us and, and really share the story of how the thing came to be. But now here we are in our own house and you're at your own house. We're not sitting across from each other. We're not in the same room. Um, ideally we would have been having a mimosa or snacks from the (laughs) office, (laughs) but of course, you know, there's the elephant in the room. So tell me why exactly that's not happening right now. Well, we are in the midst of a global pandemic and in particular, 
we are at the epicenter of the U.S. portion of that pandemic, which is live from New York. We are all in our homes and uh, it's a big difference from how we envisioned launching this. And in other ways, I can't think of a better time to launch this. It's so true. And, you know, because of all that's happening right now, we have talked about pivoting this episode and the word pivot is a word we've been throwing around a lot um, in terms of business and the uncertainty during these times. As the CEO of Likeable, how have you been learning to pivot through this pandemic? So, of course, I think like any business owner, I'm going through all of the emotions that a small business owner has during this time. So when, it, when a crisis happens, and this is a crisis that's really unlike any other. I mean, we launched... Right around the time of the housing crisis and that recession. So we were, we've been around for a crisis, but not like this. So the first thing I think is pulling yourself together. So I, when this first happened and I realized that this was a real thing that was going to deeply impact business. Um, the first thing I did was like acknowledge the fear because it's terrifying. It really is. And every small business owner gets totally anxious because you know, everything that goes into that. There's cash flow. There's keeping your employees okay and safe. There's learning how to adapt to a new working culture. Um, so first it's like, I let the wind get knocked out of me for a minute and I allowed mm -hmm. myself the permission to do that. Um, the second thing I did was look at what services we offered and really wanted to look at what mattered more than ever. And I think this is really appropriate for your show because you are so focused on social media. You know, many of our clients everyone's home and they yep. have nowhere to go and they have no one to talk to. And so mm -hmm. where do they go? They go to social media and community management. We have seen an increase. I mean, normally you're looking at uh, for a typical brand, you get, you know, a few comments a minute. We're looking at several comments a second here wow. um, because it's in crisis mode. So first was how do we scale the services that we need? Then you look at content so much content. I've been talking nonstop about video and episodic video and shoots and having more premium content. Well, you can't really shoot right now. You'll even see this on commercials. If you watch commercials that are recent, you will either see stock footage or animation and design, right? Have you guys seen right, that? Right. I mean, no, it's, absolutely. it's everywhere. And so it's really, how do you take the content and really help pivot it to things that we can do and that anybody can do, you know, any, any uh, production organization is able to do. Um, and then the most important, Michelle, which you know from what you do in your regular day job, how do you make it relevant and not obnoxious? So it's, right. it's really about content and messaging. So for us, when we pivoted, we focused heavily, leaned heavily into community management, really heavy into content strategy, you know, what's appropriate, what's not, what's sensitive, really think about what you're putting out there. And then finally, how we produce what we do and how we pivot. And then after all of that, you know, understanding what products we need, it really is all about communication with the team. And that was the biggest pivot. Every day I do a Facebook Live in our group uh, with every employee and every night I send an email at the close of the day because communication is so important when you're sitting basically in isolation. Definitely. I want to go back to what you were saying about content for a second and talking about what's appropriate and what's not. Um, I have been experiencing this with our clients as well, because you want to put out that message that 
we're here for you. We have these products, we have these services still, but we don't want it to sound like a marketing message. And when a brand is talking to a consumer on social media, that kind of, it's hard to get around that. Um, it's at the end of the day, it's still advertising, it's still marketing. So finding that balance of content and tone to let our customers know that we are here for them without trying to sell them a product during this time has been extremely tricky. Um, what advice do you have for brands that are in this situation right now? My primary advice, and you may not like this, brands may not like this. Um, <laughs> if you cannot be useful, truly useful in this time, don't post. You can listen, you can engage without posting. And some of the posts that I see are like, listen, I mean, let, let's be honest. I'm sitting at home right now. I am in athleisure wear. Okay. But right <laughs> now, I don't know that I'm going to be purchasing more athleisure wear. Why? Because the economic future of the country is uncertain. People are not focused on consumption right now. They're focused on preservation and essentials. Mm -hmm. So unless you can really be useful, unless you are talking about what you're doing for your workers, unless you are talking about how you can help the average family survive, there's not that much that I want you posting right now. What I do think is interesting and an interesting opportunity, I just talked about this recently, I think with a liquor brand, I was talking about that this is a very interesting time to build followers through engagement, like searching through relevant hashtags, having conversations with people and engaging. It's a nice time actually to make use of organic social in a different right. way. When we can't focus on paid right now, it's obnoxious. You don't want to fill up people's feeds with stuff that they don't need. Right now, they're, they're honestly, they're talking about who they know who has coronavirus. They're not interested in buying your gadget. I mean, really, unless it's useful. Um, and then if you can't, if you can't comment on what you're doing for your workers or how you can help right now, focus on organic engagement. And that that's really primarily what I would say. Organic content, the way that we concept organic, organic content is very different than the way that we come up with paid ads. And it takes a lot more to make something interesting. Mm -hmm. And it, if you're posting without paid, it has to be good enough for people to like it, right? So that's why we're seeing a lot of these Instagram stories with the templates and having people fill in things, keeping them engaged and entertained. Um, and I think that's a good lesson for marketers right now, like you're saying, to think about when you take paid out of the picture, how can you still create good content and content that your followers want to consume? Correct. And what hashtags are getting engagement right now? What are people talking about? Because the truth of the matter is people do want content that is not related to the coronavirus. It's, we want a distraction. Of course we do, mm -hmm. but we don't mm -hmm. want to be sold to. And so is there an interesting way that as a brand, you can participate in that conversation without forcing yourself into the conversation? Is it relevant? So when you're looking at something like a liquor brand, there are plenty of people posting about their Zoom happy hours right now. I mean, there's, there's tons. That's relevant. That's an interesting thing that you can engage with. That mm -hmm. might be an opportunity. But if there's not um, a real tie to what's being talked about, you know, I would use this time a lot to listen. I really would focus on, on what, what's being talked about. And, and beyond coronavirus, we know that that's being talked about nonstop. But what, what else are people talking about and what, what's tapping into, what emotions are we tapping into with this happening right now? 
I think that ties in really well with what you're saying too about community management being at the forefront of this. So mm-hmm. what does that social listening look like? What type of proactive outreach is really necessary? And, you know, I think it's smart for community management teams to pivot towards something like that. Absolutely. But not, but always the community managers have a great opportunity because they always are able to take off their marketing hat and put on their consumer Mm. hat. Like, how would you feel as a consumer getting this message? Is it creepy that this brand is tweeting to you right now that you didn't even mention? So you have to, you, you have to think about the strategy behind the community management. And that's where I think uh, the perfect mix lies. It lies in the space between content strategy and community outreach. It's, It's what's smart and how do I take what's smart and relevant and appropriate and use that in engagement. And what can I learn? What can I learn right now from all of this? I guess we're more so curious is how you're balancing like this work from home life with having a family and running likable all at the same time. I can imagine it's complete chaos. The girls who are now 13 and 17 are really um, focused on their learning that they have. They have online school. And then I'm also like kind of letting them just be. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't have crazy screaming moments in this house. We do. Um, But (laughs) honestly, what I found is that I try and hide when it's time to work. uh, And then I come out and take breaks with them. And then, you know, one of the upsides is like we've been having family dinner every night and there's not so many activities. I'm not so overscheduled. And, um, you know, it's we've actually had more time together and we fought a lot less. I know, Mm -hmm. I know the typical answer is probably like it's chaos and I can't stand it. Um, here in this house, it's kind of been okay. It's just a lot of things at once. You know, it's it's everything. It's home, it's work, it's, and it's health. It's everything all blended together. So every boundary is very blurred. And that's the hardest part for me. Like no matter how much I try and create boundaries, they're still blurred. I think it's interesting what you said about having all your normal events and normal scheduled um, out of the house activities kind of on pause. Yeah. When we come up with concepts and ideas for our clients, we talk about the idea of sometimes when you're put in a box, you can be more creative. Yep. And it's kind of like we as humans are being put in this box (laughs) of our, our apartments and our houses, and we're trying to figure out how to keep ourselves entertained. I know that I've spent way more time than I'd like to admit scrolling through TikTok and yep. seeing kids, uh, you know, doing dances with their families and doing these fun challenges where if this wouldn't have happened, maybe that would have never um, come to fruition. They wouldn't be making these memories together. So I think there is some good in it of we're learning how to connect with each other differently and, you know, learn how to spend our time differently. You're absolutely right. You know, I, I spoke with Lorianne Goldman who was the uh, CEO. At one point, she was CEO of Spanx, and then she was the CEO of Avon. She's run a bunch mm-hmm. of different companies. She's amazing. And she said to me that when you run a company, sometimes having insane guardrails, like you must have this level of profitability or you must reach these revenue targets, like having those guardrails of musts um, allows you to have really complete and crazy focus. Like she found it actually empowering the more pressure that she had around things. And I think that's kind of what's happening here. Like we must survive all locked in a house together. We mm-hmm. must be able to get that done. And and like, no, there are no, you cannot have any play dates now. No, you cannot have any after school activities like soccer and theater. 
and all of the things that you used to do. And so when you have those guardrails, you are forced to innovate. So it's really true what you said, Michelle. I think it's like very similar. So we talked a little bit about home life and working from home and being around a lot more. Uh, but what are some tips you have for teams that are now working from home, especially fast moving social media teams like ours? So tips for working from home, I think are, I have personal tips. I think everyone has their own tips. I know for business owners, I want you to communicate and be transparent with your employees. It's been real scary for me to go on lives without makeup, messy hair and tell you guys that, um, you know, it's real hard right now and I'm trying, I'm doing the best I can. But I think that that is humanizing at a level that really helps the team. And I've, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback about that. Um, so communicate early, communicate often and be transparent. That's for leaders. Um, for employees, I think taking breaks, working from home is different than working in an office. Okay. So it's much like our teachers are doing now. When our teachers are teaching, we're no longer requiring kids to be present uh, in school from nine to three because it's impossible to sit there from nine to three and learn when you're work when you're by yourself staring at a computer. Mm -hmm. I would argue that it's the same thing. So for employees, what I would recommend is first of all, taking real breaks. Uh, yesterday, I was extremely stressed out and I was dealing with a situation um, actually in, on social media that was more um, something one of our employees would deal with. So I was basically acting as employee rather than CEO. And I was so stressed out and I answered everything as best I could. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I need a break. And I took mm -hmm. 20 minutes and I did yoga and I turned, I turned everything off for 20 minutes. I set my away message. I did everything that I needed to do on my, on my G chat and all my, if you're using Slack, whatever. And I just, I took 20 minutes. I think that scheduling breaks is really, really important. And you may feel as an employee that you can't, oh, I have too many meetings. I have too many of this schedule the breaks and put them in and don't even put them on your calendar as breaks. Put them as meeting with and make up your friends. That is <laughs> time. Like honestly, I'm definitely guilty of doing that. Yeah, <laughs> you have to. I mean, honestly, because because it's not the same. So first is the acknowledgement, and and it's good if this comes from leadership, but it may not. So if you're an employee, know this: it is not the same when you work from home. If you are in a culture that is normally collaborative. You cannot be expected to work in the exact same way. You will be more productive if you don't sit there all day. So you have to know that and adjust. I saw a tweet this morning, actually, that said, you're not working from home. You're trying to do your work from home during a global pandemic. Oh, and yes. I think that goes kind of back to what you were just saying of it's not like a normal day where you... Maybe you have a doctor's appointment in the morning and you're going to take the rest of the day to work from home. We're not working from home in that sense. We are trying to get our work <laughs> done from our homes during a global pandemic. That's exactly right. And I think that one other positive that can come out of this is that you all will learn how to work from home a little bit better and you'll all figure it out a little bit so that if you need to work from home, see, we have a culture generally where people don't like to work from home. It's very collaborative. Right. We have a positive culture. Everyone loves each other. It's like, I mean, you know, we have summer camp and mm -hmm. like, it feels a little <laughs> like summer camp. We all love each other. And I will tell you, like, I miss the team deeply 
deeply. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I ever want a full work from home culture. However, I do want people to be able to work from home if they have a doctor's appointment that day, if they have a kid's event. Balance is really, really important to me. And so I'm hopeful that everyone will learn how to work. Even though right now we are, we have to work from home because of a global pandemic. I'm hoping what comes out of this is that people learn their best ways to work from home so that when and if they need to, they don't feel afraid to. I want to know what the first thing you're going to do is in the outside world when this is all over. Oh my God. I mean, the first thing I'm going to do is go see my mom. I mean, that's, that's oh, by yeah. far the hardest part. So my mom is disabled and fortunately she's safe. She lives in a, um, in a really great building that has like a supermarket in the building and they deliver mm -hmm. and like, you know, she's safe, but you know, it's really hard as her kind of primary person, right. Uh, not to be able to see her and hug her. And then I'm going to like go to every restaurant. I want, I yes. want to support, I want to support restaurants. I want to go do every stupid consumerist thing I ever mm -hmm. did before. And that's why I think the economy is going to come back with a bang. If we mm -hmm. manage through this, if we manage through this, and if, if the stimulus package helps people who are unemployed, if it truly does help people who are unemployed and help small businesses survive this for this amount of time, if it, if it goes, if the plan fits how long this is, then, and people, people feel it, but they don't feel it to the level that they could if it didn't. Um, I believe that when things reopen, we are going to have the most beautiful resurgence of business, of life, of joy, of all of it. Uh, and I cannot wait for that day. I cannot wait. We are excited too. We're already making a list of all the restaurants and bars we want to <laughs> go to after this and the ones that we yes. never went to. Yes. Um, and so hopefully maybe we can all get a drink together after this and celebrate. Absolutely. I'm in. I'm in. All right. Thank you, Carrie, so much for joining us. Of course. And participating in our first episode of season five. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you. I, I can't even tell you. <laughs> I love, there's so many things that I love. I love the new focus on social media. Really, I love um, how relevant this is. And, and the two of you, it's just, it's fabulous. You're sweet. <laughs> Here's what you can expect this season on All the Social Ladies. In addition to interviewing the most badass women in business, we'll be introducing some new segments to the show to keep you on the pulse of social media news and trends. We're calling it Quote Stat Meme. What that means is we'll start each episode by sharing a quote, a stat, and a meme that we found interesting or relevant that week. After that, we'll kick off our guest interview with a social media speed round. Here's Carrie's. Okay. Favorite social network? Instagram. Your go-to emoji? Oh, the heart, the um, kissy face with a heart. Twitter or TikTok? Oh, TikTok, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Stories or feed? Stories. What Instagram ad can you not get rid of in your feed? Oh, this is a great question. Um, they always <laughs> switch, but right now that um, the boutique grocery store delivery Mercado is spamming the heck out of me, probably because we work with grocery clients. <laughs> okay, what is your favorite meme? I mean, tried and true oldest that I use is Kermit drinking tea. It's just really <laughs> a classic. Okay, and last one. It's 2005. 
and you're on MySpace. Who is number one on your top eight? 2005, number one on my top eight, then, now, and forever is Dave Kirpin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> love it. So cute. Following the interview with our guests, we'll wrap up each episode by sharing one social media account we think you should be following. And this week, we want you to follow ours. Check out at all the social ladies on Instagram to stay up to date on new episodes, trending topics, and behind the scenes fun. Thanks for listening. And we can't wait for you to hear the rest of the season. Bye. All the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies, all the social ladies, now put your phones up.